You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums. You must hear before you die. episode we'll be talking about david bowie young americans in the room i have Anne. hello and on the line i have rob yes sir ben hey john oh yeah and jackson hey guys young americans is the ninth studio album by english musician david bowie released on the 7th of march 1975 through rca records the producer was david bowie harry meslini and Tony Visconti, and the genre is Blue-Eyed Soul, R&B, and Philadelphia Soul. I'm going to read from the book Daryl Easley. Released in March of 1975, Young Americans represented the zenith of David Bowie's flat-packed soul period, an often-overlooked record, and nestles in the valley between the Twin Peaks of Ziggy Stardust and the Berlin Trilogy. While on tour in America in 1974, Bowie was seduced by black American music and subsequently called his producer Tony Visconti to fly over from England and make a quick and dirty soul album. For his backing band, Bowie used a hybrid of his touring players, experienced sessioneers, and talented newcomers, including uh, the singer Luther Vandross. Written mainly in the studio, the album shimmers in its limpid exuberance from the obsolescent banality of right to the plaintive cry of can you hear me there is much more to savor the powder white aggression of fame recorded after the body of the album with bowie's new best friend john lennon is like a song version of bowie's bbc documentary cracked actor the cover art reinforced bowie's new authenticity and apparent accessibility gone was a stylized androgyny here was uh, looking straight at the camera cigarette smoking Crumpled skyward, a straight portrait shot suggested of several decades earlier. Even the album's title clearly pointed to its target audience, although Bowie has since enjoyed a schizophrenic relationship with the record and was to spend most of the rest of the 70s courting the old world, Young Americans made him a superstar in America. All right, what do we think of Young Americans by David Bowie? It's really good. Um... And since we're listening to song two right now, I just want to point out before it uh, gets going, Beck absolutely copped this a whole entire feel for Deborah. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. the, the melody, everything. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I think he's he's admitted it too. He's Good. like, yes, I okay. absolutely stole win 100% for Deborah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, a it's an interesting record for sure. Like it's not, it's an interesting mix of, of genres for Bowie. I like some of it more than than other parts of it. I like the, I mean, I I like the whole thing because I like David Bowie, 
but holding it up against other David Bowie albums, I don't know, it, it might, uh, it might, the gaps might fill in with more and more repeated listens, but it's definitely got its high points for me, but it's, it's also got a few points where I start to tune out a little bit, especially, uh, especially in uh, side two before you get to fame, really? but you know, I'm, I'm going to judge it hard because like it's i already like it because it's bowie you know <laughs> yeah it's hard to judge bowie so if <laughs> it's so hard to just like figure out what to do about it because he's done so many different styles of music and this is just another him a transformation of him and so you're like wow this is it's an incredible album but at the same time it's I feel you, Ben. I feel how it it is interesting to listen to this and maybe place it up against another uh, soul record or blue eyed soul record. And it's yeah. it's strange, but at the same time, I mean, I, yeah, I love it both. as like a transformation, like as like a stretch project. <clears throat> I also I also really like I respect that he doesn't just call it soul. I, I like that he puts like the disclaimer plastic soul on it. And then so, you know, it's got it's now the only artifact in a genre of music that didn't exist before it came out. So what do you even hold it up against? <laughs> right. Well, I think there were some elements of like Philadelphia soul that existed before this record. Yeah, oh, elements the, of it. Yes. But yeah, this yeah. is, this is plastic soul. Oh yeah. No, this is, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd say that the closest thing to it would be Philadelphia soul, which is like yes. commercialized soul. Like and putting, that's, a, putting a bow tie on soul. And like the, the, the majority of it, or at least a good portion of it was recorded in Philly, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah oh, Sigma yeah. Sound. Sigma Studios, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love I the vocal a, arrangements, uh, and I think on part, uh, that's some Luther, Van, Luther Vandross uh, arrangement work, right? Yep. And so man, cool. Young Americans, that title track, it just, it bops so hard. I cannot not move when that song is playing. I am shaking anything that jiggles when that song is playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, the album is worth it for that alone. Um, pretty much that That's song true, alone. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really awesome um, testament to like uh, Bowie shooting, sort of shooting high, like conceptually, which he sort of always consistently did and has done. Um, and then like ex- executing pretty fucking well, you know, for like, for someone who's just sort of throwing this together, you know, like he clearly was really heavily influenced, nailed the execution of it, but just put it together pretty, pretty quickly. And yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's fucking great. Yeah. I-, I did not know until like a couple days ago that the higher voice saying fame was John Lennon. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, totally. And, and then the the like the looped where like fame, 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 fame. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, I think this one of the coolest parts of that song. I love I love that tape loop, especially as a kid when that would come on. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Well, that right there, that's a hit. <laughs> <laughs> you know it when you see it. <laughs> when I was an eight year old record mogul. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mr. Mr. Big over here. Yeah. <laughs> My initial thought uh, on first listen, and this is the first one that I've listened to since we had the eight-week hiatus of just listening to uh, crap rock, <laughs> for the yeah. most part, for me. Um, I, I was having a hard time getting into it. I was like, man, maybe I'm just a like a Bowie uh, like best of guy. 
Mm. And then like, this is probably the fifth time I've gone through it. And yeah, man, like son of a bitch is a chameleon. And the fact that like, he's able to like get this kind of shit out of like, Oh, well, I just got really into soul, so I decided let's go <laughs> let's go write a soul album, and you know, it's this good is like right. it's beyond me. It, but yeah, it, it took a couple of listens for me to be able to like latch on with my ears like to what was happening. It's true, um, and totally. but no, all the backing vocals are beautiful. Like there's just I don't know the my, my words are failing me really for. Uh, for how good this record is and uh, one that I had never listened to, to be perfectly honest beforehand. That's um, what I had not either. I like, like I knew young Americans and fame from like the best of Bowie that I started with in high school or whatever. But like, it's amazing. Like it, it took a minute, but you're right. Like, it's just very like, it's a great album for just kind of being like, I'm going to try this. And it, it works out for me. Okay. Like, yeah, it's not the exact, it is plastic soul. It's not like the same thing, but like, I like it. Me too. And, and I love the fact that it's bookended by uh, mm-hmm. the title track and then fame at the end of it. Like the, what, what a, what a cool, like this, this is, this is what this is, you know? Yeah. It kind of and encapsulates like what he's exploring and then like where he gets at the end of that album to go to the next place, right? Like, yeah, for sure. We're listening to Fascination right now. Someone tell me this isn't disco. This is disco, right? This is, yes, this I mean, is, uh, it's huh. disco e. It's, it's especially funk, when, when the chorus funk, kicks in and funk, the tambourine comes in. Funk, funk, more on yeah, the edge I think of disco. it's more funk because it doesn't have uh, that constant beat thing, right? Isn't that the main thing of disco? Yeah, yeah, the, the, the oots, tats, yeah, stats isn't quite there. It's very close, though. Yeah. This brought back a lot because I played GTA 5 and this is on the soundtrack and it comes on all the time. (laughs) And it's amazing. This is, yeah. This is a jam, for sure. Any any song on GTA 5, I mean, they're they're the best on picking songs. And Is that the one that made me prejudiced toward Russian people? No, that was four. (laughs) For real, I worked at IU at the time and I was in the copy room and I heard like people speaking with Russian accents and I was like, they must be gangsters. And I was like, the video game tricked you, you dumbass. Like, <laughs> where were you serving? Where were you working at a coffee shop in Bloomington a copy, at that point? A copy, like a copy. Ooh, oh, sorry. Make, making copies, not yeah. coffee. Making no. copies. Making copies. I was oh, in the nice. coffee room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were grad students. I'm sure they were not criminals. <laughs> like, <Okay. laughs> they were probably talking about like theory. <laughs> like, Fuck gangsters. <laughs> I was. Did you did you follow the money though? Because that's usually <laughs> like. You're right. I should have investigated more. <laughs>
gonna say that Fame was uh, it was a hit. It was Bowie's first American number one single. Which, uh, when I read that, I was thinking, oh, Life on Mars. You know, like every change, all those other songs. Nope, not number one. It took until this album, Fame, to to really break into the U.S. market. It's pretty oh. interesting. So, yeah, it took him a long time. Mm-hmm. And it, it, interesting um, it, that you said, one of you guys said, like, at the end, like, you know, fame sort of being like the last track on the album is kind of amazing because it's like, well, welcome to America Bowie and therefore, like, welcome to a global, like, mm-hmm. exposure that sort of came from that. Yeah. And I think he... I mean, I think I assume Station to Station is on this list, which will it is his, his mm-hmm. next album, yep. and like that album is like the dark side of this record. Mm-hmm. Like, can't wait! It, it's, it's yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. So he um, was on Soul Train as a result of uh, really <laughs> fame. Did he yeah. play? Yeah. Did, did he play he Young wear? Americans? What did he play? Oh my gosh! I have to look that up. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see. We'll watch yeah. it afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, fame is is pretty close as the closest song on here to disco that I think there is on the on the album, right? Mm-hmm. Fame, you say? Yeah, fame is the most disco song on the album. I mean, if you had, I to would argue one, fascination. I, I mean, I don't think that you can say. Yeah, I don't think you can really put that on. I mean, it's a David Bowie record, so it's experimental right. by nature, sort of <laughs> yeah. in like a in like a pop music paradigm. But yeah, I think it, picture yourself being really high on cocaine at a fucking dance club, you know say in Philadelphia in 1975. And yeah, I think a lot of it sort of sounds like filler, but like, you don't care. You're just, you're just dancing to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's kind of how I, that's how you think of dick, disco. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> I mean, cocaine. it's not a bad way to just dance. Not disco, not disco. Just like, that's, that's, that's how I picture a person who was like digging this album when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, one hundred percent. This album is very you to a very specific situation. Yeah, like they're getting smooth because with this song right now, like it's it's getting sexy. Yeah, this is the right is the slow jam. Like it's yeah. it's this is the only song on the album that I yeah. feel like is a straight up like soul or funk song. The rest have a little bit of uh, blending, but this one is like a pretty straight shooter. So it's just a slow jam. Yeah, it is kind of catches you off guard when you you listen to the fascination young americans and fame and everything because his previous songs his previous album i mean they're danceable some of the tracks are danceable but it's not real it's not dance hall music you know it's not something that the clubs would necessarily be playing all the time so this album really does it does make sense it kind of brings in him into a different area and then he'll continue that in the eighties, you know, when he brings it back uh, to totally. his like sort of dance era music. It's so cool. His so uh, cool. Uh, yeah. I can't say enough good things, I guess about David Bowie and just his willingness to experiment and, is this, and try different things. Is the song we're listening to right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's a weird ass oboe that comes in that reeks of Roxy music, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah. Um, like, <laughs> <laughs> like which like you think uh, they borrowed great. it <laughs> no I, I i think that he heard roxy music and was exactly. like oh you know it'd be really cool right here a screaming oboe solo yeah well, the, the saxophonist on this album is really fucking good i don't know if it's an oboe or if it's just the sax 
Oh, it could be it, a, yeah. It might be an alto. Um, yeah. Or a soprano. Or a soprano. Some yeah. kind of sounded like a double read to me, but mm. who am I to... Uh, I think you have some band argue. cred to say. Yeah, oh, it does I have a great uh-huh. band yeah. on this record. I, I couldn't imagine ever parting ways with Mick Ronson. I think Mick Ronson's... Like, uh, uh, to have Mick Ronson as your sideman guitarist, it, it, I, w- I would think twice about deciding to depart from that. But then with this record, he picks up this band. He's got Carlos Alomar on guitar now, who was going to be with him for, what, the next, like, 30 years after yeah. this? Yeah. And the guitar work on this record's fantastic, too. Like, really cool riffs and stuff, and very different from what Mick Ronson was doing. It's like, you know, I guess Bowie's just trusting his Bowie, knowing when it's time to... To, he knows to shake when up the to works. change yeah. and be different, yeah. He wrote the song Chicha Changes. He knows he all about He knows <laughs> about it. <laughs> I did read that he uh, he had a pretty good relationship with everybody in the, the studio. I mean, these are all session players, real high-level people, and they he was a, a director. He would tell them exactly what to do. He was the inspiration, but then he would let them go off on their separate ways. He would let them find their own creativity within the songs. Um, I thought that was, that was really cool to hear. And people thought, I mean, it's one of those things where you truly see a creative, a real artist at work, uh, directing these people, telling them what he wants out of them, but at the same time, not confining it to, uh, their, the things they, that might pop up within, uh, within while they're playing and yeah, surround yourself with talent and let them do their thing. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And then, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of cool things going on here. And I think it's a really good, like sort of chill moment, chill for like Bowie's career. Like, mm-hmm. cause from here on out, it's just like wildness. <laughs> so, and, and, and think what diamond dogs is the album before this, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I was disappointed like, that wasn't on the list. Are you freaking serious? Like, <laughs> is it's so cool to be able to do the like, yeah, yeah. Very are, cool. Is anybody else disappointed? Diamond Dogs. Oh, for sure. Is not on here because yeah, I, yeah. I, I didn't care that much, um, but honestly, I'm my my Bowie knowledge is for full record is incredibly limited. Um, I'm. But every time that I hear an entirety of one of his records, I'm like, well, why didn't I know about this before? <laughs> you know? That's why so we're doing I, it. I, I imagine Diamond Dogs would probably it, it would make me more angry <laughs> that it's not on there <laughs> yeah. if I listen to it its entirety. Yeah. You should check it out. Check it's it great. out. Yeah. It, yeah, when you have time. Yeah. For, it's it's going to make it, you horny. It's a great It's, it's a very great horny. Album. Yeah. yeah. Cool. But still with this record, sorry, still with this book, um, we have more Bowie records oh, the most. than anybody else. Yep. Who, uh, yeah. I saw that yeah. in existence. So which is great. I don't yeah. know. Is, is Diamond Dogs worth uh, cutting the uh, shaft from the wit? Depends. As, uh, Depends on what else is on there. Yeah. Touché. I mean, it's well, going to be. I mean, how many have there already been? Well, we, we're we're not even going to get to Black Star uh, based on this record, uh, based on this version of the book. I, actually, I think this is our third one, Jackson. Book, we okay. We had Ziggy Stardust and Aladdin Sane, and then this, I believe. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Bert. No, but, thank you, Ben. Is 
Is pinups is that in between like Aladdin Sane and Diamond Dogs? Is that where that fits in? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And pinups, pinups, is, but, but pinups it's a is the album, weird so. cover one. Yeah. yeah. He's just doing like all uh, like glam takes on British Invasion rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great, but I get why it's not in a book. Is this one? And were you saying Black Star is in, in like the, the? It's in the updated, like the yeah. the more up to date version of the book right where, they remove chocolate belongs. starfish and then put in black star yeah uh, well, uh, we can if we want um but who knows <laughs> but yeah that would be a, a that was like the last one star. of the latest edition i think like, gotcha and honestly like and as far as great. like a it's so good see, uh, see your later uh <laughs> fucking album that that album oh. is so goddamn good it's amazing yeah. uh yeah breaks my heart what do you guys yeah. think of the uh, the rendition uh, of Across the Universe on this album? I, it's great. Like really it. I liked it better than the Beatles version, to be honest. I did too, yeah. I mean, I was it's a little cool. drunk There's on champagne there. when I decided <laughs> that, but I, I feel like I still believe it. I think, like, the, <laughs> Beatle, I think the Beatles still uh, uh, is good for me, but uh, it's a very good rendition. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's very valid. It's I very just, interesting too like, that John yeah. Lennon was there and like you know check this out. Check this out. <laughs> Man, he got so much accomplished on that last weekend. He's just I mean, popping up everywhere. I know <laughs> on right? Nilsson Records, on Bowie Records, <laughs> on Bongo Records, <laughs> on Bongo Records. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when you live thrown in, out of the troubadour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> making fun of the Smothers Brothers. Smothers Brothers, yeah. Ian Nelson both. What a fun-packed weekend. <laughs> You're just sitting at Sunday brunch thinking about all the times. <laughs> yeah. Well, back to work tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> I assume that's how it works. Uh, <laughs> probably. Luther Vandross, he, uh, yep. he was kind of the, I heard he was the secret weapon of this album because he came up with a lot of those vocal backing vocals yep. uh, and a lot of the melodies of the backing vocals. So, yep. incredible. There's some, um, I, so there is a sort of famous interview and I'm trying to think of the show it's on. Maybe it's like Dick Cavett, like David Bowie and the Dick Cavett show. Um, and it's during this time and it's probably the most, it's, it's the time where David looks the most like a skeleton that I've ever seen him look like ever. Wow, the thin white Duke. (laughs) Yes. So he's in his, he's in his transformation into the thin white Duke. And, but this, he's even scarier than like some later stuff. Um, but I think it's the Dick Cavett show, I think. And maybe Ben, it, this might be one where Luther Vandross is in the band, the footage of it. I'm not sure. 
Um, but we need to look it up and watch it because, and you're like, wow, David is, you are so high, sir. You are so high. <laughs> My like, gracious. <laughs> was his, this is the point where he was like, Hitler had a lot of good ideas. <laughs> Did he say that? Uh, <laughs> Yes, well, I just, I just looked it up. It, that is the footage that I that I saw with okay. uh, with Lucer. Yeah, yeah. And yes, he looks he he looks like a terrifying ginger skeleton. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, I mean, the Hitler had a lot of good ideas. Uh, was right around the time where he didn't remember doing the duet with uh, Freddie Mercury for uh, <laughs> Under Pressure. So m- maybe we're a couple of years away from that. Too. I think that's a little bit later, but yeah. Well, but no, he was definitely like heavily using cocaine around this time oh, i think I, like yeah, oh, yeah. i'm familiar Big with time, his yeah. general if cocaine if, problems if you're, if you're gonna put some critical <laughs> notes on this album which you can like the coke nose i think is definitely fucking up his ability to hit some of the notes mm. like if you're being super critical but it's still an amazing album and, well, and i think at the time they criticized that his voice sounded thin right yeah or that's one of the Thing I, I can think see that the known, it's a known yeah. criticism. Yeah, the thin white voice thin is a real soul. known criticism. <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't be plastic. It should be thin soul, right? <laughs> yeah, I like plastic. Well, the plastic, 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 plastic makes it sound really, skinny. really commercial or 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 malleable, which is both applicable to this album. Yeah, I feel like I this, do wish his vocal was higher in the mix, pretty much through the whole album, except that, for that's, Young that, Americans and Fame, which are like obviously the singles. That was the same. Um, Complaint are- that we had for the last one too. Oh, uh, his, his watch that man! Oh God, mm-hmm. that's like the biggest misstep. Mm. Yeah, that really that. This fucking song, <laughs> so good. It's great. <laughs> I like Such a good it, cover. So when when Lenny comes in with the background vocals, is is he like doing a Bowie impression? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I love it. It's just Lenny. Hey, hey, check this out. <laughs> no, now you check this out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's definitely doing a Bowie impression. That's amazing. I'm turning I, it up I'm just a little like bit. This picturing so them like in in the vocals booth, Bowie doing his thing, and just Lennon doing his best Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, I mean, how, how did he cover Fiona Apple before Fiona Apple was even born? Is my question. <laughs> <laughs> he's a time traveler, man. Mm-hmm. Because he's true answer, David yeah. Bowie. Yep. <laughs> Time travel sex machine, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, yeah. so many different eras. <laughs> Pick your era of Bowie for time travel sex machine. <laughs> uh, should we go around the room or is everybody positive on this? Is everybody I mean, thumbs up? We should up? go around the room, but I'm pretty sure we're all positive. I am into it. Yeah. I love it. Positive. Yeah, I, I, I like this record. The more times I listen to it, the more I appreciate it. I think that it does take a few listens. Some like, Hey Jackson, you brought up a good point. It's about being, you know, like music that comes on a club when you're dancing, like maybe it can fall into the background a bit and maybe that's just fine. Uh, but positive from me. Yeah. Love likewise. Positive. Yeah. Yeah. Song. Positive. Cool. Love it. Yeah, yeah. I, it sandwiches a whole bunch of really great soul music in between two like of Bowie's best like known and best songs. So absolute positive. And I'm I'm very surprised this is like the fourth time I've listened to this record now. Um I I, I never listened to it before and I, I'm I'm happy that I that I have. 
Me so, too. Yeah, positive, happy positive, for you. Positive. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely on the positive. It. it you're right, though. I think I think it is a grower. It doesn't necessarily uh, come out right. It's a grower. It yeah. Doesn't yeah. doesn't just like come out swinging with all the weird Bowie intricacies of his uh, sort of strange lyricisms. Um, it, it's it plays it a little safer. Thing with his title track, though. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, it's sure. part of but he's making room totally. for the band. Right? But yeah, he makes room like, for that band, yeah. and it's a it's a sort of a collaboration and Definitely. doing this on a whim. My God, I oh, can't. a fucking whim! <laughs> yeah, and that, that that's the that's the biggest part. This was the whim of a coke-addled, insane human who just so happened to was able to like cobble together like all of these musicians to make. I don't know, man. Like I had n- I had never heard Bowie in this particular like context, and that. Uh, that blows my mind. But you've heard um, of Let's that, Dance, that he was, right? I mean, yeah, Let's Dance is... Let, let, Let's Dance is a... It's a different 80s beast, and we'll get to it. We will get to it. <laughs> um, but no, like, as far as, like, the 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 weird patchy spots between, like, what happens with, uh, you know, Aladdin, Sane, and Low, like, this happened. This was a real thing. And yeah. it fucking sold well. It was his first number one. And, like... It it used such rad talent that like you know like they fucking Luther Vandross. God damn it! I, I'm, what I'm if you think Aerosmith had had Luther Vandross? Do you think that would have? I mean, they're, they're, it's just a bunch of I just want to point out that, old young minds. That, uh, the, 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 the difference with this, this one's got Luther Vandross, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Unfortunate, right. or fortunately enough for for Bowie, that like his, his coke-addled brain, it was him by his lonesome, and then the backing band was able to translate, as opposed to five other people in the band also just being like ripped the fucking shit and yeah. not being able to like, because Bowie, it, it would I think a lot of these records that Bowie was doing would be very different if he hadn't had a professional band in the background. Like he found the right anchor, holding the shit together. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. He's no he, dummy. He's a director. He's no, he's no Steven Tyler. He is the DJ. He <laughs> likes what he plays. Yeah. He just uses one nice amp. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. As opposed to thirteen shit amps. <laughs> All right, next time we'll be talking about Burning Spear, Marcus Garvey. Thanks, y'all. Slow down, let some